so this morning, as you know, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a slightly shorter talk, but I hope no less profound. Um, there's some things that we need to just establish before I begin. Uh, the first thing is, children, you need to be sat with an adult. So can you go and sit with an adult, please? Children, you should also have a colouring sheet. So if you don't have a colouring sheet, please, Emma Ruth, can you give us a wave? Can everyone look and make Emma Ruth feel really awkward? That would be great. Um, Emma Ruth's at the back and she's got a sheet, so she'll have that for you. You should also have a fruit. Can you show me your fruits? Yeah, I, I do apologise for the strawberries. I think you got diddled. Um, <laughs> you should also have a bit of paper. A bit of paper by your seat. And you should also have... I dotted some pens around, um, so you might have also sat on a pen. Sorry about that. Um, but that will be needed for the end. So please keep hold of those as they're really important for the response. And finally, Duncan, my able assistant, is going to give out some fruit pastels. So, uh, yeah, you don't get that in many sermons, do you? Fruit pastels given out. Oh, Rachel is also going to help. So please take one, pass it on. If you're at the end of the line, you, you win the, you know, the whole pack if there's any left. Uh, so you might want to reseat yourself. <laughs> so, so please keep passing the fruit pastels down. Take one and pass them on. Uh, no past the parcel antics where you hold on to it for a long time. But we are going to make a start this morning. So I want to start by asking you, and particularly I would love the children and the youth and those excitable adults, I would like you to tell me what do you think today's sermon might be on? What is the topic? Shout it out at me. What do you think the topic is? Fruit of the Spirit. Well done. Thank you, Ethan. Does anyone, can anyone tell me what book of the Bible we might be therefore reading from? And can you... The chapter. Five. Wow. There was a loud voice. I didn't see where it came from in the back. But well done. So we are going to be... Uh, and the slide... Yeah, the slides can come up now, Johnny, if that's all right. So we are going to read from Galatians 5 this morning. So I'm going to read this from the International Children's Bible. It will be on the screen if you can't see it. So I'm reading from chapter 5, verse 13 to the end of the chapter. And then I'm going to pray before beginning. My brothers, God called you to be free, but do not use your freedom as an excuse to do the things that please your sinful self. Serve each other with love. The whole law is made complete in this one command. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. If you go on hurting each other and tearing each other apart, be careful. You will completely destroy each other. So I tell you, live by, the following, live by following the Spirit then you will not do what your sinful selves want. Our sinful selves want what is against the spirit. The spirit wants what is against our sinful selves. The two are against each other. So you must not do just what you please. 
But if you let the Spirit lead you, you are not under the law. The result of sin's control in our lives is clear. It includes sexual immorality, impurity, wild living, worshipping false gods, doing witchcraft, hating, making trouble, being jealous, being angry, being selfish, making people angry with each other, causing divisions among people, having envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties, and doing other things like this. I warn you now as I warned you before, those who do these things will not be in God's kingdom. But the Spirit gives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law that says these things are wrong. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their own sinful selves. They have given up their old selfish feelings and the evil things they wanted to do. We get our new life from the Spirit, so we should follow the Spirit. We must not be proud. We must not make trouble with each other. And we must not be jealous of each other. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have done a wonderful work in each and every one of us that has come to believe in you. I thank you that you do a work that only you can do that transforms us, that changes us from the old person we were and all the rottenness and darkness that came with that and that you've clothed us with your riches and your treasure. And I pray that as we look at this this morning, you would help us to see that in a fresh way and you would help this to impact and transform our hearts. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So children, I want you to be listening out for whenever you hear a fruit, fruit of the Spirit mentioned or a particular fruit of the Spirit that's on your sheet. I want you to listen out for that. And when you hear it, I want you to colour in a bit of your sheet, okay? I can see a few of the adults are jealous, but that's just tough. You're going to have to listen. So there is a battle here, isn't there? There's a battle in this passage. Verse 17 makes clear that there are two things that are battling directly against each other. They're not just different things, they're opposing one another. Now I don't know what you think of when you think of a battle. Maybe you think of Spider-Man. Spider-Man and his arch-enemy Venom, which I think is a great name for an enemy battling you. Maybe you think of Paw Patrol. I can see there's lots of fans in the audience today that listen to obviously watch Paw Patrol. And maybe your arch-enemy is Mayor Humdinger. I bet you didn't know that before I started. Or maybe for an older generation, your battle was the Beatles versus the Beach Boys in the charts. And for those of you that are saying, who are the Beach Boys, Google it later. But there's a battle here. There's, on one side, we have the flesh. We have the desires of the flesh, the sinful self. And on the other side, we have the spirit and the fruit of the spirit. Now, just in case you're wondering, the flesh doesn't mean that we should hate our skin and hate our bodies and go and deal with that immediately this afternoon. It's talking about an inward, worldly desire. The things that lurk within us where we want to elevate ourselves to be God. Where we want to do what we want to do because we're the most important thing. That's what we mean by the flesh. So we have the flesh on one side. We have the spirit on the other side. And Ephesians 6 verse 12 gives us a kind of helpful imagery of this battle, doesn't it? Where it talks about a battle with the 
the powers of darkness. That's the fleshly desires. And on the other side, we have the good things. Heaven on the side of the spirit. But what happens in every battle? In every battle, you have to pick a side, don't you? There's no room anymore, really, in society for Switzerland. You can't just stay in the middle and say, I'm not choosing, I'm staying neutral. You have to choose a side. Particularly in this passage, look at verse 21. What does it say in verse 21 about those that pursue the sinful desires of the flesh? They will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's no neutrality in this. You have to choose your side. Which one are you going to be on? The one that inherits the kingdom of God or the one that doesn't? But you might ask a very legitimate question at this time. How do I know what side I'm on? Because kind of from the things you've mentioned, I kind of do some on both sides. From what we saw Jem and Chris shouting things and throwing things at each other, I, I probably could have a foot in both camps. Well, verse 24 and 25 we're going to look at now. Are you living by the Spirit? Do you have a new life by the Spirit? And what does that mean? How can we be assured that we have a new life living by the Spirit? Well, verse 24 answers that for us. We live by the Spirit if we've accepted Jesus into our life. If we have come before Jesus and said, we confess our sins, we know that we have done wrong, but we also believe and we have faith that he died on the cross for us and took our rightful punishment for the things that we do that are wrong, then he takes that away. He takes that away from us and instead gives us a new life by the Spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says, the Holy Spirit is the seal of your salvation. So if you've done that, the Spirit is living inside of you. You are on the side of the Spirit. You're not on the side of the desires of the flesh. I think of it like a caterpillar and a butterfly. Yeah? So a caterpillar goes through a process where it becomes a butterfly. Can you imagine if a butterfly decided, despite having these beautiful wings now, no legs, beautiful wings, I'm just going to stay on the leaf. I'm not going to fly because I'm, I'm really a caterpillar. That's what I always was. That's what I came from. Well, no, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? You'd be crying out, fly, butterfly, go and enjoy your freedom. Go and enjoy the beauty of the world as you see it and as you give to other people. Well, that's a bit like us, I would say. God makes us, if you like, a butterfly. A new creation changed. We don't need to look back to the caterpillar and think that that's what we are. So I want to ask you a direct question today. Are you living by the Spirit? Are you living by the Spirit? Can you today say with confidence that you know that you have done this? You have come to Jesus and you have given your sin in exchange for what he has done for you on the cross. The freedom that comes. Because if you have, you, do, you need not ever doubt. You, of course, have doubts in life. We all have doubts in life. But you need never. You can turn back to Scripture and you can see that you are living by the Spirit. 
and that you have, with absolute certainty, you know what side you're on. You're on the side of the spirit. You are no longer on the side of the flesh. Okay, so how do we use our freedom then? Because this is what Paul's writing to the Galatians about. Paul's writing to the Galatian church and they are Christians. And he says to them in verse 13, he talks about, well, you have freedom now. So you've accepted Jesus into your life. You live by the Spirit, but now you have freedom. So he asks them a very, a very interesting question. How are you going to use it? And I want to put it to you today. Why wouldn't you want to walk by the Spirit as well as live by the Spirit? So if you know you're living by the Spirit, why wouldn't you want to walk by the Spirit? Take a moment. There should be a table that comes up on here that has two, two things on each side. So it will have the desires of the flesh. I'll just get out of the way of that. Take a moment to pause and to, to just genuinely to read through these things and to think about, what I want, when you're doing that, I want you to think about what are the impacts on your life of pursuing these things? What are the impacts on the lives of the people around you? What are the impacts on the life of this church family if you were to pursue the desires of the flesh as opposed to the fruits of the Spirit? Just dwell on that for a moment. So let's start by looking at the desires of the flesh. Did you notice in the writing that these are plural? So these are multiple chaotic things working at the same time. There's no harmony here. I can't, when I was going through this, preparing for this talk, I couldn't look at this list and find a single thing that I could do pursuing this that would lead to good consequences for myself, for those around me, for this church. In fact, reading through this list made me quite depressed and sad. I was thinking of when I lose my temper with my wife, Temi, who's so very gracious with me. But sometimes when I get frustrated, I get angry at her and I shout. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make her feel good. And when it happens in Tesco's in Fairham, it doesn't make the church family feel very good when they see. It's Joyce that wasn't always in that Tesco's in Fairham. What about jealousy? What about jealousy? So me and my wife don't own a house. We rent. I know I can feel jealous sometimes that we don't have a a house that we own. We don't have our own little fortress. How does my jealousy help me? How does that jealous thought make me feel any better? How does it make the person who's been blessed with a house feel any better for what God's blessed them with? I think these things are rotten and smell bad and we should want to not walk with them. Let's turn to the fruit of the Spirit. Did you notice that fruit is singular? A very important difference here. This is a group of aspects within the fruit, fruit of the Spirit that are all working together. They're all one. You can't have one without the other. They come as a complete package. You can't walk up to your local greengrocers and say, two pound of kindness, please, two pound of patience. But do you know what? Today, I don't fancy the kindness. I'll leave that here for next week. You can't do that. They come together. They're cohesive because the work of the Holy Spirit in us is cohesive. These things bless you. 
They bless us. They bless the things around us. They bless our church when we excel in them. But I also say, just smell. Smell the sweetness. So think, think through these things. Oh, actually, I'm standing on the wrong side. Um, think through these things. Just, just smell them. Smell the sweetness of if these things, in your, how they reflect in your life. How does it feel when someone loves you? I tell you, it feels so warm. When, when me and Timmy have been ill and people bring meals round, which is a shameless plug that that would carry on. Um, but it does. It really does. It fills our heart that someone would love us enough with their busy life to cook us a meal because they know I'm utterly hopeless at cooking. But what about gentleness? I have people in my life, when I've done something wrong, who gently rebuke me. Don't come and shout at me and tell me that I'm an idiot for doing this or that. They come and they put an arm around me and they gently restore me. Maybe when I've done something on the side, in this battle of the size of the flesh, maybe I've fallen in some, some way on that side. They come and they put an arm around me and they say, we'll pick you back up. And that's why you were given fruit pastels. Because that's a, a simple illustration of think back to when you were eating your fruit pastel. How sweet did that taste? Imagine if I'd given you a rotten cabbage and passed that round and you all had to tear a bit off. Yeah, you'd want to be sitting on the end then, wouldn't you? Imagine it. So there's two sides, and I say it's just so much sweeter to be growing and abounding in the, in, the, in the fruit of the Spirit. Surely it is. Surely we want to be on this side in the battle. Surely we don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be on the other side. But how? There's another important question, but how? Okay, Jason, so I know I live by the Spirit. I know I try to, I know I want to walk by the Spirit, but how? How on earth do I walk by the Spirit? Because if I'm honest with you here... I know that there are things on the side of the desires of the flesh where I do. I give in to my sinful self. Well, the verb in verse 21 is really important. The verb talks about those, as we mentioned, those that pursue the sinful desires of the flesh won't inherit the kingdom of God. Well, you don't need to worry because I, I, would, I would say we all in this room have done something on, on this list at some time. But that verb actually talks about, it's, it's a doing, it's a progression. So what it means by that is that if we continue pursuing these things and growing in the desires of the flesh, then we won't, we won't inherit the kingdom of God. But that doesn't happen in you if the Holy Spirit is inside of you. If the Holy Spirit is inside of you and dwells inside of you, then he grows this himself. Did you notice that? We don't grow the fruit. There's nothing we can do to, to, to cultivate the growing of this fruit other than to look to God and ask that the Holy Spirit might keep doing this work in us. I'm not naturally kind, not naturally loving, but I have to pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would change my desires, change my thoughts, and he does. The Holy Spirit within you changes your desires. I can attest to that personally. He changes you from looking at these alluring, it's gone, but the list that's alluring thing that you think, oh, actually, that, that would be great for me. It might not be great for other people, but I would love to do that. No, actually, I, I see that that's rotten. I don't want to pursue that. It doesn't smell as sweet as the fruit. But the Holy Spirit inside of us also gives us the, the power to say no. He empowers us in those moments of temptation to say no. We're not going to pursue these things. 
So what you should see in your life, if you're living by the Spirit, and you're walking by the Spirit, is you should see yourself doing the things on the desires of the flesh less. Not because that's what saves you, but because there should be a forward outworking of your faith because of what the Spirit does in you. You know, what is one of the fruit of the Spirit? Self-control. If you are self-controlled, you won't do a lot of the things on the other side. But that doesn't completely discount our role in it. We can't just say, well, I'm, just, I'm going to stay an unkind person doing these things because I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit to show up. Because we're also told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We do our bit by coming before God and asking him to help us to walk in the things, fruit of the Spirit and not to walk in the desires of the flesh. So we have lots of good fruit to enjoy and abound in. You know, I've, preparing for this, I was thinking of the Garden of Eden, which we just had Duncan did a brilliant sermon on last week. Think of it, they had all the fruit. All the fruit. Fruit, I'm sure we don't even know the names of, like a snozcumber that the BFG has wonderfully brought to us. And so much more. They could have abounded in it, couldn't they? They could have enjoyed it. They could have had such a great life. And Duncan spoke about this. He said, you know, did God, did God put the tree in there that he told them not to eat from because he's a mean God who just doesn't want them to get the most out of life? No, he did it because he knew they were rotten. He knew that the consequences of eating from that tree would be rotten for them and would be rotten for humanity. So God and the Holy Spirit within us doesn't help us to walk in the thing, fruit of the Spirit on this side for any other reason than it is a wonderful blessing and he asks us and he helps us most importantly to not walk in the desires of the flesh because these things are bad for us they're rotten they don't taste sweet and unlike a a cheap fruit pastel that you've had today the fruit of the spirit will keep reproducing and keep reproducing in your life and the life of those around you and in the life of this church we pray so I want us to respond today you might have noticed we've got a tree and we've got a bin I want you to on your fruit so as I said we can't come and we can't say I, I want this aspect of the fruit of the spirit but I don't want this one but what we can do is through the Holy Spirit's prompting we can and sometimes from a, a good friend or, or wife can tell you that you lack certain things um, I want you to write on here a couple a couple of things aspects of fruit of the spirit all of them if you really if you really want to this morning go for it I want you to write a couple of things on here okay on your fruit on this bit of paper so one of the ways that we learn and we respond we show our repentance that we're not work, we're not walking in the desires of the flesh anymore is we confess we confess our sin and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to not do that again and to help us grow in that and this bit of paper I want you to write a confession now it doesn't have to just be clear it doesn't have to be on this list you might have something that's, that you feel prompted about that you want to say sorry to God for and this is between you and God this is no one else I want you to write that on this bit of paper and I want you to do that in a moment and then when you've done that I want you to pray pray on your own pray with your, your family the people around you if that's what you want 
pray for these things. Pray that the Holy Spirit would grow this fruit in your life evermore, in the life of this church. And confess this sin. And then I want you to come up and I want you to put the paper, scrunch it up, and I want you to put it in the bin as a sign of you confessing that and turning away from it. It's done with. And I want you to come and put your fruit on this lovely tree that the booths have provided for us. And that's going to be a sign of us saying individually but as a church that we want to grow in these things. Because there is a battle. As I started, there is a battle and we need be in no delusion that there is a battle that is going on. But we know if we've accepted Jesus into our lives what side we're on. We can take great confidence in that and we can pray that we grow in the fruit individually and collectively as a church. So please do that. And then I will pray before handing back to Dyer. What a beautiful tree. And I think one thing that, as I was thinking about this, that filled my heart with such joy, thinking about this, was that Christchurch Ferrum and our church family already abounds in so much of this. But I love that... (laughs) I love that we... We don't want to stop because the Holy Spirit has more work to do. So if you want to close your eyes, I'm just going to pray for us before handing back over to Dyer. Father God, I thank you that you are the source of this wonderful fruit. I thank you that you are all of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are things that were perfectly represented in Jesus. They are perfectly represented in your character. And I thank you that you allow these things to grow in our lives. And I just pray that you would take this this humble response this morning as a sign that we want to grow. We want the Holy Spirit to continue doing a great work in us. And that, that would lead to great, great growth in the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. I pray. And I pray that you would help us with the the desires of the flesh side Lord of course Lord I pray the Holy Spirit would strengthen people to resist temptation and to say no but I also pray Lord that that new identity that sense of a battle and being on the side of the Spirit I pray that that would always be with us that assurance of our faith that assurance of our forgiveness because of what Jesus has done for us you are such a good God Lord you bless us with such good gifts Give us eyes, Lord, to see that the fruit of the Spirit is so much more sweeter, has so much more of a lasting, beautiful aroma than anything that this world and our inward, ugly, selfish desires can offer. I pray these things, Lord, expectant that you might bless us mightily in the coming months and years. Amen.